Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Join me in celebrating Women's History Month. On March 27th, I'm hosting a special virtual event for her by her presented by Fiverr. We'll be spotlighting and interviewing some of the most successful female business owners and their experiences with Fiverr. In the U.S., women are driving growth, and each year that percentage increases. Women-led startups have more than doubled since 2020, and from 2019 to 2023, women-owned businesses' growth rate outpaced the rate of men's in new businesses, employment, and revenue. In this panel discussion, you'll hear from top female business owners who have not only started their own companies, but cater to women through their products and services. Don't miss out. Head to bossproject.com slash RSVP and save your seat for this empowering event created by women for women. It's free to attend. I can't wait to see you there. That's bossproject.com slash RSVP. This message is sponsored and brought to you by Fiverr. Today on the podcast, we have Ashlyn Carter of Ashlyn Writes. She is a beautifully creative woman with multiple passions as both a copywriter and a calligrapher. She took her background as a corporate agency, amazing, I don't even know what to call it, like so much knowledge that she had from working with amazing clients like Delta Airlines and Chick-fil-A and transitioned that into working with big name clients today like Jenna Kutcher, Caitlin James, Hilary Rushford, Heather Crabtree, and so many more. Girl, she has got her stuff together, and I'm so excited for you to hear how she's been able to keep both her knowledge from her corporate days and transition that to adding on that creative passion with calligraphy. Yeah, and I know a lot of you ask about, okay, but I'm multi-passionate. I want to have a business that serves two different people, but how the French toast do I do that? Well, Ashlyn does it, and she does it pretty well. So we're going through how to navigate your homepage if you're talking to two different people, how to set up your services and your products and your offerings if you're talking to two different people, how to manage your social media and your email list, all of that good stuff if you're talking to two different people. So if that's you, or if you just want to hang out with someone who kind of knows a bunch of stuff and has a really cool background story, then you're going to love this episode. Hello, everybody. We are with Ashlyn Carter of Ashlyn Writes. Hello, baby. Thank you for being on the show. Hello, Abigail and Emily. Thank you so much. (laughs) We are super, super, super excited today because I think we're getting a look behind the scenes at something that everyone asks about, but not that many people do well. And A, spoiler alert, part of it has to do with copywriting, but we're not diving too much into tactics of that particularly today. We're diving into the fact that Ashlyn totally rocks having a business that has two really active, strong arms. There's calligraphy, 
and there's copywriting within one umbrella over at ashlandwrites.com. And it's a rarity to find a business that focuses on more than one thing that prominent and doing it so well, so clear and not overwhelming. So I kind of want to hear a little bit about like your background a tidbit, because I know you used to work with some like amazing clients and big name people, but you transitioned and you said no to those head honchos to work with little creatives like us. Uh, So walk me through that. What did that look like? What was that process like? Well, first, thanks for the kind words. It was anything but a cakewalk, which I'll talk (laughs) about. So um, it wasn't easy, but okay. So I guess it started, it turns out if you chronologically file and style magazines under your bed growing up, you're probably a good fit for journalism major. So no qualms, no names, ifs, or went straight into college, wanted to be a journalism major, loved it. And then I um, traveled as a consultant for actually my sorority. I'm sure there's some Panhellenic women listening. And I think that's the first time I realized like I loved working with women, but like put that on the back burner. And um, I wanted to work in an agency. That was my dream. I actually had interned for Southern Living. It was a timing publication in 2009 was my internship, like of all the years, right? (laughs) So started seeing like magazine shutter on the floor above me and below me and just like getting totally terrified of this industry that I had gone into. So I went back that year and changed to PR major. That's what my um, emphasis emphasis was when I graduated and then traveled and yeah, went to agency life. And and I'm going to be honest, when people, I feel like a lot of times in the creative industry, maybe sometimes we corporate bash a little bit, Mm -hmm. a little bit. And um, I adored that job. And I loved, I think a lot of times, you know, like people will talk about wanting to move on quickly from their corporate job. And I think it just like, I don't know, it gives you your chops. Like it, it grooms you into being a project management expert. And you just, you, you get a lot of things that I don't think you can get in another capacity, but that's a topic for a rainy day. But I really, all that to say, I loved that job. I was primarily on the Delta Airlines account. Actually, my husband works for Delta now. So he came with flight benefits, which earned him (laughs) points in husband hunting. So like, we're like all about the Delta Kool-Aid drinking over here. But I loved it. I primarily was working on the Sky Miles account with a million milers, planning events around the nation. And I'm writing copy for their website, writing copy for emails, A-B testing subject lines, picking email imagery for Delta emails. Um, I also did some pitching for Chick-fil-A. And those, yeah, we're in Atlanta. So like those are the brands, you know, like that and Home Depot, like they hold it down here. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So loved that. And then a celebrity chef here in Atlanta reached out once and said, no, he had a bunch of restaurants here in Atlanta and we would always do Delta events at his restaurants. And he reached out once. I said, no, reached out again. I was like, you know, I'm really good. Love this. He reached out again. I was like, okay, here's what you can do. You can give me more money because I was just making like, (laughs) it's communications, right? And so made the jump. And unfortunately, you know, I'd kind of anticipated I had missed one roommate birthday day due to my job. We were SkyMiles account, like the whole SkyMiles organization was changing. And so I was there like really late nights, missed a roommate birthday, missed another one. And it was about that time that he had reached out and I was like, okay, like maybe I need a change. Maybe this is good for me. Yeah. So that's, that's where that was the last corporate job I had before I went into uh, my business and there's a little bit of a story with that, but I don't want to talk too much without. um... (laughs) Well, I love that reason of that pivot. I think so many people, like I agree, like they go down the corporate fashion route and a lot of it's like 
Okay, I know Abby's pull. I never had a job in corporate, so I like live vicariously through Abby's reasons of why she left because they would be the same reasons I would have left. The the wardrobe and the drive and the getting up early and the, all of those things. But she's talked constantly about what she was able to pull away from that corporate life. And I, since then, like know things that I would have never have learned on my own because I've never gone that route. I've never had a job in that realm. So I love, I love the takeaways, but I also love like, holy crap, like we can do something we love and it still doesn't let me do the things I love in my life. And that's, that's maybe where there needs to be a change. Yes. You nailed it. You know, not to, yeah, there's, there's pros and cons both ways for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you got this opportunity and this guy gave you a chance and you're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to jump ship. But what made you certain that you could bring other clients in the door and get started quickly and replace your income in a capacity that wasn't going to like leave you flat? Yeah. Like when I went full-time into yeah. my, my job. Yeah. My, my real job now. <laughs> my job. <laughs> this thing I get to call my job. Still amazed by that. So it's actually one of those stories that like it brings you to the brink and then you realize it. I had to be honest, always struggled with anxiety and depression. Just like being a really high strung perfectionist, kind of like go getter person. Like Welcome kind of, to the club. Yeah, right? I'm, I'm with my people. Like if we're doing something, we're not doing it less oh, than yeah. 150%. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> which, yeah, so definitely wired like that. And so, yeah, this super glamorous job, loved it, like hustling, kind of like known for my position was pitching them for like USA Today, Bon App, you know, food and wine. Like it was just, it was glitzy and it was everything I wanted. And about that time, my husband proposed and that was like one more thing kind of to manage in my life. And I couldn't manage everything. And so I turned to the one thing that I could, and that was what went into my body and what came out of my body. And so before I knew it, I had developed an eating disorder of medical proportions, was really, really sick. And that kind of went through our wedding day. And I remember that day, I kind of think I fell in love with the wedding photographers because like I'm able now to look back on those and remember parts of my day that I couldn't do to just like how sick I was. It was after that, that my family was like, okay, what's the game plan? Like, you got to get some help. This is, this is not good. And one day my mother-in-law looked at me and she was like, what's more? important your job or your relationship with my son and I was like oh okay um oh, snap lady yeah she yeah um she graciously said that and I was like well my job so that's not right <laughs> she helped me put in for medical leave of absence from work completely thought I was going to lose my job I went into partial hospitalization I tried not doing that and then the doctors were like nope this is worse than we think so like this girl that's obsessed with like striving and hustle and glam goes to like being stripped of all that And so it was in that position that I just read Make It Happen, Laura Casey's book for the first time. I realized there's this entire ecosystem of women who do what they love and get paid, which was like, you know, that is like somebody described it to me as like the matrix. Like when you don't know it's there, you know, and then you find out and you're like, what? So that's kind of how it was for me. Just thought, you know, you you know what, maybe six years, six months from now, Wes, like I can maybe do this, you know, like, so we're thinking this, I go back to work that January, I graduate from the clinic that I'm at. And I came home complaining one too many times. And Wes was like, that's it. He one day very romantically told me he was going to take me um, to go get a book after work. I was like, totally married the right guy. Like he wants to take me to Barnes and Noble. And it was, um, (laughs) it it wasn't that he doesn't read at all. Like despite my like (laughs) obsession every year, we went and got a MacBook. And that was like his saying to me, like, I believe you can do this. Abigail, you're asking about clients. And I had, at that point, I was just thinking I could do all this time I'd been doing calligraphy as a moonlight hustle, like 
kind of just like after I typed all day, it just felt good. And I had gotten pretty good at like this really classic copper plate style. I'll be honest, I still don't feel confident with like the modern calligraphy thing that's so big. I'm just like, uh, I can't, I don't own that. So I'd been doing that. And I was like, between that and between writing editorial stuff for magazines, I think I can swing this thing. Like, I don't know how, but I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. So Abigail, that's like how I uh, just kind of went for it. I got pushed out of the nest earlier than I thought. Well, that's not the left turn I thought we would be taking, but I'm glad that we <laughs> I went there. I don't I'm need glad to get we like deep, deep or like take us to church or anything, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. So, okay. so talk to me about the beginning stages of that, that calligraphy business. You had been, I obviously know, okay, you're, you're using calligraphy to form words. It's still kind of in the realm of your zone of genius and what you know, but it is completely different and it is, it is like a branch off of what you have been doing for so long. So how did that take shape? And how how did that acceptance of, okay, I might be doing invitations right now instead of publications for big companies? Yeah, I think it felt so, it was like, I'm sure I had like PTSD to some extent. Like I was right? just like, felt so good to just like be a creative, whatever that was, and get to like finally like delve fully into this. And um, I've been doing, like, I think I got my first calligraphy kit from like Michaels when I was 11. And um, so like I'd always been a doodler with words like I to this day, I love art. I don't feel super confident painting as much as I do just like with forming words. I just like I like the way they look. I like etymology. Like I just like words. And so I'm um, in names and getting to do names for different people felt really good, too. So I, it's a huge curveball. Actually, a student of mine is um, launching her own course on figuring out like how to teach people the invitation process, because it is like I was, when she told me that I was like, yes, it's like such a thing. But that was a hard curveball to learn like, okay, like, this is how you lay things out. And th- these are my printers that I go to. And this is my bridal style. This is my good grief, like customer service and client support and client process is like a whole nother entity. But yeah, just like slowly hacking away and getting a system for that using a little course that I found called Trello for Business. I'm so obsessed with it. I told you, I was like, best 29 bucks I spent. But that helped a lot. So yeah, that's kind of how I made that transition. And then all this time just doing content marketing for the corporate side of me only thought, in corporate capacities for copy. So like I was still writing for different corporate industries around Atlanta and like providing blog content, email newsletter content for them while completely serving a different industry too. Mm -hmm. So how did that begin to marry? Has the copywriting always been part of the calligraphy from day one? No, ma'am. Okay, so what did that shift look like? When did that get added on? Well, I went in kicking and screaming. (laughs) (laughs) So what happened was, and this is where like, because I I was able to kind of like quickly land some clients that I guess people recognized as like leaders. Uh And I think that that happened because I went out and attended a loom retreat, which is Bonnie Bakhtiari's little baby. And it's so great. And at that, I met, you know, it was around all these women. I was very new in my business, like didn't even know what I wanted. I was at that point even still thinking I would do PR for people. Like I was Mm -hmm. like, I know how to pitch. I know how to do media relations. Maybe I'll do that. Everybody was like, you know, like, so you're asking what changed it. And it was just like people seeing something in me and calling it out, being willing to be put in a position. I think like at that conference, it was really uncomfortable for people to tell me something that I was like, I don't think I want to do that. And pe- people kept saying like, this is a gap in the industry. And I think the more that I was awakened to realizing that it was a gap in the creative industry that not many people were helping with messaging, 
launch funnel mapping and copywriting. And then there's some incredible women doing that, but there just wasn't that many. And so I think that that's kind of what first like awakened me to thinking maybe, you know, like, oh, people people don't like to write sales copy. Like that's mm-hmm. all I've ever done. And so I think it's those little pricks in you that you don't realize are make you unique or special because they're just so rote to you. So that's kind of what happened. And then, so I really connected with over jalapeno margaritas where all good things start. Yes, um, everything. <laughs> everything great happens there. <laughs> Amen. With a girl named Jenna Kutcher who was launching her first course for the second time. It was called the Instagram Lab. I'm sure some of your audience members have taken, it's a great, great program to teach Instagram marketing. And she had reached out a few months after a loom. Like I thought like she'd forgotten my name. Like I'm like, great. She'll, you know, like that relationship has sailed, but she reached out and she was like, you used to do this for like Delta. Would you ever be comfortable figuring out like launch funnel copywriting and sequence mapping for a course? And I was like, well, yeah, do you trust me though? Cause like I haven't ever done a creative course. And she was like, yeah, let's go for it. And so that was kind of like the first, like, I just, I still owe so much to that girl because she, I was just texting her earlier today. Like she rooted out and saw something in me that, and believed in me to do something that I'd done in corporate. And I like, I want to be that for somebody one day. Like, I want to see Paul Jarvis. Do you follow him? His uh-huh. emails are so great. He wrote an article recently talking about like, how entrepreneurs that are really successful seem to tap into a former strength of theirs. And I want to like find that in somebody one day because like she just gave me so much. But it was like, after I worked on that first course, I was like, I I love, like I love writing. We have, um, I have a team of associate copywriters that helped me turn out our web a website copywriting service. But as far as the launch stuff, like I still, I love that. And so, yeah, since then, I think I've done like upwards of 20 launches now for creative entrepreneurs, writing everything from like helping with their positioning of the course all the way through like the email sequence and funnel map, ad copy, deliverables, sales page, all that. Because you've launched it. It's just as much work to write all the marketing copy as it is. Every course could be its own business. Just like that alone. Like, I don't think people realize all the moving parts and pieces Uh -uh. that go into launching. Like, from the outside, it's supposed to look like this seamless machine that just, Mm -hmm. like, comes out to the universe. And, like, you see bits and pieces of it. But in the background, it's like, I mean, the amount of writing and the amount of video and the amount of this and that and the other just to market it, not mm-hmm. to even create the thing. Yes. It's just unimaginable. Yes. And I just, I'm baffled sometimes yeah. by the yeah. amount of content we create. So, girl, uh, you're I not feel the only you. one's baffled at all y'all create. You do a lot, but yeah. Also, I have another question. I have a thousand questions. Why not ditch calligraphy at that point? Mm-hmm. I was encouraged to by a few people. Um, I'm just going to call her out. Christina Scalera. Oh, <laughs> a dear friend of mine. But Christina is <laughs> the one that was just like, because I want at this point, I'm still wanting to do all the things when it came to comes yeah. to writing. Like I wanted yeah. to do blog ghostwriting, website copywriting, editorial writing, content marketing, social media management. Like I literally wanted to do oh, all and the things. I can write your invitations when you get married. Like, <laughs> dumb, dumb. <laughs> actually, it was like down the street from me. We're sitting at this restaurant, Christina and I, and she's like, Ashlyn, you've got to slow down. Like, she was like, pick. She was like, I want to go to your website and know that you're a copywriter and a calligrapher and what you do for copywriting. And right now I cannot figure that out. And I was like, oh, that hurts, but tell me more. And so <laughs> she was just like, like, why don't you for a while, just for six months, try the launch, co- like try to just like 
embrace the thing, the launch thing. Like you love to write them, just like call yourself a launch copywriter in some capacity and just go for it. I was like, okay. And that I'm also going through Heather Crabtree's Savvy Business Circle. I always say community because yeah. I wrote the sales page for that, but it's Circle, which is her like small group coaching thing. And she kind of yeah. said the same thing. She was like, I can't tell when I go to your website what you do. And so I'm like hearing this from a few sides. I'm like, okay, this is slightly problematic. We've uh, <coughs> <Yeah>. never <laughs> been told that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a great learning lesson, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. It's so good. But... Yeah, so I did. I think like people were encouraging me to do that, but I had had this whole traumatic experience where I realized when I go full on pedal to the metal, like quote unquote corporate you know, mm-hmm. I don't do well. So I was like, I am going to need to have some artistic conduit for my energies to travel in or else I'm going to go bananas again. And bad things happen when I go bananas. Mm-hmm. So I think I just knew that like, as much as people were telling me that, like, I, and I'll be on, I'm just, I'll say the number here. It's right now about 12%, this quarter, about 12% of the business income. So it is not much right now. And, you know, we're looking to expand that in different capacities for 2018 and yeah, be able to serve people in different ways. But, but hey, yeah. if you figured out a way for A, your mental health, B, your creative energy, and to keep it fluid within your business to make 12% of your quarter, like literal monies coming in by yeah. a, a passion or a hobby, like, that's the dream, right? Yes. Like, <laughs> I agree. Yeah. And I think the thing that's interesting is when you go to your site is, I think a lot of times it could end up looking low, so disjointed, but somehow you've made it feel really connected and interwoven. And though they're speaking to two very different people, like the style is the same, the way you write about it is the same. I mean, obviously, like how you're writing is different because you're speaking to a different audience, but the visuals are connected. Mm -hmm. And like, I feel... Like, I don't feel lost when Mm -hmm. I go to the calligraphy side versus the writing side. And I'm going to guess that a year ago, if I had gone to your site, it wasn't (laughs) like that. Not even, I think that took, thank you so much for saying, I think um, it takes a lot of spaghetti flung at the wall to see what sticks. Took a lot of heat maps being in, so I was like a nerd for a long time, just being like, what do they, what do these people want? Like, what, yeah. what are they going to click on? What, what are they doing? doing? Yeah. I swear yeah. like that, thank goodness video. Cause like, I just think that's like a great way to tightly communicate information. Yeah. Well, so talk to me about how you, how you started to figure that out, especially for your homepage. I think we get a lot of people asking, okay, but I have these two, you know, arms of my business. I'm not letting either of them go. They need to be on the same website for simplicity's sake. How do I communicate that on my homepage? Okay, so I have a lot of students that are in my Copywriting for Creatives course that are asking the same thing. So I'm realizing more and more like this is something. This I is think, like, yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> We're just going to call it a thing. Put the stick in the ground. <laughs> I think like the first thing, and it might, you may not be able to marry them. And I think you just need to come to terms with that, but you may be able to marry them. But I think like coming up with the umbrella messaging is like what's most important. So if you can, and I just say like, and I have a cheat sheet that walks you through it, but like write down all of the aspects about them both and see where there's lines, where's there an overlap. And like the more you can come up with like the connective synergies, I hate that word, but like the synergies that are just like, yeah, like overarching than that. Yeah. Like for me, obviously it was words. And I, that to be as, as easy as that sounds right now, it uh-huh. was not 
clear as a bell at first. I didn't have the name Ashlyn Wrights didn't exist until about a month into my business to where I was like, oh, I think. Yeah. So I think it may be more obvious than you're thinking, but making mm-hmm. just like brainstorming with pen and paper, I think yeah. is a really valuable exercise. I to tell get people started. do the Venn diagram and like if there's yeah, two. That's good. What's in the middle? And I really, I just walked through uh, some students of ours um, who are enrolled in our strategy academy through this exact same thing. It's a, it's a partnership. So they're speaking to two different people because they're coming together under one umbrella. And I, I literally said, stop, like, forget what you're selling. Like, who are you selling it to and why do they want it? Those things are the same. And and you will find those personality connections and those those driving factors that are the same with who you want to sell to, regardless of what you're actually selling. So like literally Venn diagram that shit out. I love that. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Today's podcast is sponsored by Squarespace, the only all-in-one website platform we use and recommend to our clients. Squarespace makes it easy to create beautiful websites, engage with your audience, and sell your products and services all in one place. Visit squarespace.com slash boss project to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace has professional website templates with designs for nearly every category and use case. Start with a flexible template, then customize it to fit your unique needs. With Squarespace extensions, you can connect your website to vetted third-party tools to fully customize your website exactly the way you want it. Whether you sell services, products, or digital items, Squarespace has the tools you need for your online store. You can now host your videos on Squarespace and show them on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your videos with member areas. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash boss project to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash boss project. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire. We've had to weed through hundreds of applications in the past. We could have saved so much time if we'd used Indeed. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And I think like you just made like copywriters hearts race because that's like what, like what, find what the people want. Like, I don't know why that I just feel like so many times people get so excited to create, but like, have you found the market gap first? Yes. Yes. We're all about that gap sliding yeah. right in, providing exactly what they need. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So uh, talk to me about, uh, uh, okay. So I know there's some, obviously some other pieces of the puzzle on your whole website. Your website is chock full of, of kind of first making the decision of picking your path. Do you need me for calligraphy? Do you need me for copywriting? Mm -hmm. How do you then like in terms of like, okay, how am I going to make money? So you've calculated, you know, okay, 12% of this quarter coming from calligraphy, focusing on copywriting. How does someone like actually deem what that focus and attention is? How do you like, there's so much pricey real estate on your website how do you decide where that goes and who it goes to like literally where the money is going to come in especially if there are two separate arms in your business okay so 90 percent of the information that you're consuming you're consuming through visuals and only 10 percent is through words which cracks my heart open just a little bit but that means that the words really, really matter. So I think like you've really got to lean on visuals, um, but use your words well to support. And like, I call it like they're your closing picture, right? Like you've got to, your words have to be there and they have to work, but your visuals are arguably more important. So the first thing I think like your web page, your, or your, the homepage of your website, I always say it's kind of like, here's that Delta girl I mean coming out. It's like the airport terminal. Like it's where you come and you're like, okay, now where do I go? And so like, that's what your homepage is. And so especially if you have two audiences and this is, I was going to save this for like a, a little homework assignment at the end, but I would say that I'm going to, whatever, I'll just say it. I think that <laughs> you should take your services pay. If, if you have a work with me page on your website and you've got different price points of your packages. And I'm talking like there's gaps in between, you know, you've got a $100 offer and a $4,000 offer and you've got different audiences, break those up into different pay. Everyone, every single page on your website, except for your homepage needs to be written to one reader with one offer with one idea in mind. And so I think like that, like approaching your website with that in mind keeps it siloed appropriately, but also helps you like connect messaging overall. So I think that was one thing, like I just decided like that homepage is going to be a little more lifestyle-ish focused up at the top above the fold and then like break down after that into like shuttling you off into the place where you need to go. And then if you land on, like if you land on my copywriting services page that then breaks down into the different offers, 
that is not like if you're a bride, you're going to feel out of place there. But I want you to. And then if you're on the page where it talks about calligraphy, you're going to feel out of place if you're a creative business owner looking for a website copy. And that's all intentional. And I just think, yeah, like you have an opportunity being able to run your own website of like doing that and making those different pages. And is it a full day's work? Probably. Yeah, but it's worth it. So how does that then transition over into social media? That's the hard part, but I think- You have one Instagram account? I do. I have one Instagram account. I kind of rotate days. I really do that. I think a a lot of people talk about that. I use the plan app to just make sure that I'm like going through, but I'll be honest, I've tried the like, and I'm obviously extremely type A, and I've tried the like, you know- (laughs) Every on the the first post is that, you know, we do, these are the five buckets. Like I've tried that and it just, I need it to be more organic and fluid, especially for me to just enjoy it because I say this sometimes, but like Instagram is not my, I just like, I I love Instagram, but at the same time, I think like, I think there's a lot of like vanity metrics that go on in people's businesses. Uh Yeah. Uh Uh, And I just think we need to just be cognizant of that fact. I do like, I like it for a lot of reasons. So I don't do anything like super nitty gritty, but I just try to like talk to both sides a lot. I'm always, always trying to think of, have I done this? Do I need to post this? Yeah. Just ping pong it back and forth. Well, I think with the world changing, I mean, hell, if I'm being real honest right now, social media is in my opinion, at a pivot point. And Instagram and Facebook are making some major changes. Uh, They're obviously owned by the same company, if y'all didn't know that. Spoiler alert! (laughs) We just ruined. So they're making some changes, but what they are is a mystery to all of us. Mm -hmm. But because they're making changes, it's not working as well organically for small business owners on just like any random day of the week. So I think the thought of just going into it with an open mind and just saying, you know what, to hell with my crazy, like, super to the T plan that worked Uh six months ago. I'm just gonna try really hard to speak to two people and pour my heart into that. And that's who I'm going to go after. And like for us, it's like one woman, like I'm going to speak to the same woman every day. And if she hears me, awesome. If she doesn't hear my message because Instagram sucks that day, like (laughs) I just have to give it up to the Instagram gods that that's just how it's going to go down. I appreciate that that's what you're doing. That's good. I would also love to hear how you tackle the whole email list for two different types of clients. A, how do they get on the email list? And B, how are your conversations with those two different groups different? Okay, so as somebody who like worked in corporate email marketing, I like almost came in knowing too much and I could not simplify it in my head. So Ah. I go in and I'm like, all the peoples, all the funnels, like come on in everybody. And then like, didn't have the bandwidth on the back end to divvy up my list for different audiences. So if I could have learned a lesson, I would not have initially started just due to bandwidth and capacity, my email list to talk to both audiences at first. Now I do, but I'm a year and a half in. And so like I'm able to have completely separate sales funnels for people that opt into my content upgrades freebies, whatever you want to call them, for brides. But primarily, I it was like once I realized I was trying to like rubbing my, uh-huh. my head, you know the move, um, doing that, I realized like, okay, this is not working. So I just like halted and I'm, they kind of like funneled themselves out. The brides that had yeah. hopped on my list that realized like, oh, she's like talking about something called copywriting. 
which sounds like a lawyer thing. And so I just like went for it. So I think like pick one at first and get that really good. Get it really good. You know, like build your welcome sequence. Don't only build your welcome sequence, but then build a newsletter funnel that you can then like pause during your live launches. But just having these people channel through a list, I just think segmenting is so great. Like segment to the nth degree. And then when you're ready to add on another one, do it. And I would use, I really like Google drawings. I don't, I I recommend that if your list is like over 10,000, I think I have a lot of clients obviously that work in Infusionsoft and their lists are just like tens of thousands of people. And like for that capacity and Infusionsoft is great, but like those of us who have ConvertKit and don't, I think they're coming out with an update. Maybe by the time that this airs, the that you can draw out and funnel, like map your funnels. But I just use Google Drawings right now. And that's like a really great way to kind of visually see, okay, if they get on this way, then this is where they go. And um, you were asking how they get on. I really like the the three, I guess, I think it was an Amy Porterfield teaching where she says like, have your signature freebie. And then, so I have three signature freebies and then I have a content upgrade for like at least one blog post a week and then anything I'm running during a live launch. So like just having those three in place, I think like clears up a lot of mental overload about like, I need to have all the freebies. You don't just have like your three big buckets cared for. So who are your blog posts talking to? They do talk to creative entrepreneurs every now and then because I'm a little bit of an SEO nerd. I do my like real weddings and I'll publish those and those will have, you know, all the the venue, anybody who's a wedding photographer knows like when you blog, you mentioned like the wedding venue and the photographer and the makeup artist and videographer and all these kind of things. So like I do that and um, Pinterest is an incredible blog or traffic driver to my website. And so I know that those do well there and the bridal inquiries come through that primarily Um, and then word of mouth. So I guess I haven't seen that I've needed to, for the sales goals that I have, I haven't needed to blog to brides about like, how, how do you get stamps? How do you, you know, like all those kind of things that I just don't need as much content there to drive the traffic. Yeah. The sales goals are okay. So I think like, yeah, having a really strategic approach to your like I, I, being boss has that chalkboard method. Have y'all heard that? Yeah. 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 Like having that, like being like, these are the spots. Still, okay, move on. Like, that's all you need. I hate chalkboards and chalk. So we did the (laughs) post-it note method. Like that, I just literally thinking of a chalkboard right now gives me the heebie-jeebies. Then they're dirty. (laughs) Like tingle up and down your spine. You're like, no, no, no. Gross. Uh, Yeah, so we had clean washi tape post-it notes to the wall. But it's the same concept. Yes. So clean. (laughs) I love it. So I want to know now at this point, are you happy? With where it's at? Oh, that's a good question. Yes. But (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I kind of like went into, and I haven't said the phrase yet, but when I, when we were like, you know, like praying and thinking through me leaving, I was like, Wes, I just want to figure out how to work from a place of rest and not hustle. Not that hustle is a bad thing. It is good in its season. It is a really good thing, but it is not a good foundational level for me. I like need to... I need to rest at least one day a week. Like, and that, that was one thing that that corporate job before I left, it was kind of the, like, your phone will be under your pillow at night for any PR emergency. Like you will not ever take a day off. And I was just like, this is not working. And so I think that I still, and you, you know, we go through like, especially as people who do launches a lot, we need to have like built in seasons of like, okay, and now we come, you know, like we were creative, we like think, and then we go back and do it again. And so I do think like making, 
ensuring that I do stay, like I just have to be really cognizant of that and realize that especially, I think that comes from because I'm like when people complain about launch mode, I'm like, I'm always in launch mode. Like I've always got a client who's in webinar week or whatever. So I'm just making sure I do have to really watch that, Abigail, to answer your question. And just I think we haven't even figured that out. We're, we're technically in a season of rest right now as the time of we're recording this in July. Because you just and had a crazy, feel, sick, awesome Because we just had a crazy launch, but it doesn't feel restful. Mm-hmm. We enter our seasons of rest planning for the rest of the year and, and tweaking things and, and perfecting things and trying new strategies. And while it's not actively launching something, it is not, you know at the lake for 30 days, which right. I don't know if either one of us could do. Right. We are, I don't we are, yeah. Right. I don't want that. But I think, you know, just for solidarity, we are, we are still figuring out what rest means yeah. over here. And as creative business owners, it is literally impossible to turn off the brain. It's just, it's just, you can't, you can train yourself to, you know, keep it quiet sometimes, maybe to sit through a movie, but, you know, leaving even Wonder Woman to see. It's the first movie we saw since our daughter was born. And I left that like feeling so pumped up, like with women energy that I was like going live in our group and like writing this big long post and like boxing some people. And I'm like, I'm still working. Yes. This thing of rest got me this like new energy for our people. But you know, some, some days it's good. Some days it's bad. And we just have to find that blend. Yeah, that's good. I really think like, yeah, it's just, it could be as simple, like for me right now, like just what it practically looks like is one day out of the month where I just like digital detox. And then maybe, you know, once a quarter, Wes and I'll try to like go on a trip and I, maybe once a year, one of those, I will not have internet capability, you know, but like that's, pretty much it. And you're right. I just left a five day, no internet. And it was the best thing, best thing I could have done. Yeah. Well, we've had a lot of issues with the phone going bleep, bleep, bleep. And all (laughs) all the hours of the day and, you know, social media notifications. You know what? I've turned most of the notifications all the way off. Mm -hmm. And yet the phone still manages to go off all the time. And so last night we made a rule that literally at 10 o'clock, do not disturb goes on and Mm -hmm. it does not come back on until the morning. And, you know, it's hard. Like I have to put my phone in a drawer, but like it's good for the both of us. And we decided we're going to read. Like we're just going to sit in bed and read. Like we're not going to have on the TV. We're not going to be on our phones. And like it's hard to get into that mode of rest and getting away. But when we live in this world where work is essentially, it's everywhere because Mm -hmm. it's on your computer, it's on Mm -hmm. your phone. It's, I mean, it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. So you just have to find a way to get away. That's just different. And when your social media is your job, in addition like it's also hard because that thing that used to be your fun free time is now part of your work. So you want to go to it out of habit because it used to be the thing that was fun, but all of a sudden you're working. So girl, I feel you on yeah. the Yeah. A job a job without borders sometimes usually equals a job without boundaries. And so having to set those in place I think is really important. Yeah. But on that note, <laughs> let's head into talk strategy to me. And I would love to hear the takeaways that you have for us all about dual business and copywriting and being an awesome badass like yourself. 
Okay. Well, thank you. Oh, and P.S. Your language is one of the reasons I first fell in love with you. Because I, <laughs> I like, I think I was just like in this. I was like, everybody's so fluffy, and then I listened to you on Creative Empire. Like y'all were one of the first ones on that. And I, I texted Christina. I was like, I love them. I love them. So I love them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So first thing, let's just like. Dual positioning. If that is something you struggle with, I have that freebie cheat sheet that can hopefully help you. I also love this Venn Venn diagram strategy, but somehow figuring that out. So go to ashlynwrites.com slash dual positioning if that is a problem for you, but somehow figure out what is the umbrella message of your business and your brand and how can you start communicating that and layering that across your communication platforms. So that's number one. The second thing is something else that we've already talked about, maybe go ahead and divvy up that work with me page. If you have um, multiple offers and multiple audiences that you're trying to lump into one overarching page, that's just um, a little spotty. Remember that rule of one, one, one reader, one idea, and one offer in mind is going to be your best friend when it comes to writing websites that convert a little higher than you may have been seeing. Another thing I'm going to say as somebody who did email marketing is A-B split test those subject lines just to see a little magic happen. It's I think that's like Never a- Never done that. Oh, it's so- And you- Are y'all still in ConvertKit? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that like, once they came out with that offer, it's really fun. You do, if you're a ConvertKit user, you just be- be Note in your mind, you're going to have to wait about four hours for, Mm -hmm. as of recording time, for them to test. I think they do about 15%. We did 10% in Delta. So I think they do it something close to that, that they'll send one, both subject lines to both, and then they'll pick the winner and four hours later, Mm -hmm. drop it to the rest. But that can just be a fun way. I remember I've tested a few things and it's just fun to be like, you know, sometimes you think one will work and then the yeah. other does. It's hard the- enough for me to come up with one subject line. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, this one's good enough. <laughs> okay, then maybe I just I just added another little takeaway. Then your another homework assignment is to start swipe filing email marketing that and y'all probably do this, but some yeah. readers, if they don't, when you get a subject line that you open, save that to a Gmail folder that you've labeled subject lines. If you get an apology email for somebody who sent out something, you know, incorrectly and you really like, like they handled it hilariously, file that, <laughs> like have an apology email because you're going to need it one day to send out. And so that can be something too, but start a swipe file of emails or subject lines, headlines, yeah. you see stuff like that. Yay. Well, where can people hang out with you online? Well, at ashlandwrites.com. You will find me there. And then I'm pretty active over on the old gram. So you can find me there at Ashlyn S. Carter. Nice. Thank you so much for coming on. We had a blast. You're welcome. Thank y'all very much. I enjoyed it. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com.